Fishbowl Barrio fans, it's me, your host Pucho, and uh, to my forward, I guess now, uh, is our co-host Dom. Dom, what's going on? Not much. How about you? How's everything going with you this week? Yeah, everything's going pretty good, bro. Everything's going pretty good, man. Um, I cannot complain at all. Um, you know, there's been a lot of events that have occurred in my life right now, and uh, it's going all pretty good, man. That's good to hear, man. So, uh, first things first, I just want to remind everybody to... Please send any ideas that you have to uh, our email at thefishbowlbadio at gmail.com uh, or also to our Twitter at, uh, you know, Fishbowl Badio. So just look us up on there. Um, first things first, I want to give a shout out uh, to Clownfish for sending us uh, next week's topic, uh, which we'll get to later on in the show. Um, and also I want to remind everybody that episodes are posted every Friday. So be on the lookout for a new episode every Friday. Awesome. Well, I was going to say, guess what the Friday is? What, what is Friday? It's Friday the 13th. What? Yep. Dang. So, is there anything about Friday the 13th that you know about? Well, um, actually, you know, on November the 13th, Walt Disney uh, released Fantasia, bringing Disney's vision of combining animated imagery with classical music. Nice. And you know what else? I remember that movie. You know, I remember that movie <laughs> as a kid. For those of you guys that don't know, um, Fantasia is the movie where Mickey Mouse was wearing um, a red robe uh, with a blue pointy hat. And, uh, you know, he essentially was an apprentice to a wizard. Well, actually, I don't remember if he was an apprentice or not to the wizard. Um, but anyway, he was in a wizard's, I guess, lair. And the wizard leaves for the day. Uh-huh. And so he... Uh, starts reading through the magical book and he starts bringing uh, some of the utensils to life to help him clean because his job was to clean the, the lair and he ends up and the magic ends up going out of control but simultaneously as all that's going on the music is going you know along with everything that's going on so for everybody anybody who's seen that movie it's a pretty old movie um, but uh, I think I think it came out of what 1940. Um, I think all I remember is I always looked at Mickey Mouse and I always thought he was like a disgruntled janitor, just like had enough and just like, hey, that movie, yeah, yeah, for sure that movie, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Saw the mops going all over the place. He's like, I've had enough. They don't pay me enough for this here. No, not not, not at all. <laughs> uh, so I got another fact here. Uh, Friday the thirteenth, right? So you you said that you know November the thirteenth. That's what happened. You oh. know, uh, uh, Walt Disney made Fantasia the movie. Uh, but it's also Friday the 13th, as you've mentioned before. And just a little fun fact there, Friday the 13th, uh, Black Sabbath released their debut album on February 13th, 1970, which was a Friday the 13th. Wow. Well, um, just in case everybody is hearing this, I uh, hope we all survive because it is going to be Friday the 13th in the year of 2020. So I don't know how much more. Uh, 
the, the stars <laughs> align on those that thing there. So please do not sprinkle your gremlins with water today. Please. Yeah, please do not. So uh, you know, uh, we got a really interesting topic to talk about this week. Um, it's pretty much a comparison between you know how things were when we were kids back in the day to how things are going nowadays. Back in my day, Jerome, Jerome, put on that Bobby Womack. No, oh, girl, I want to go way back. Oh, yeah, check this out. So, yeah, um, talking about how things were back in the day. So, back in the day, what I remember most is playing outside, right? Uh-huh. You know, otherwise, other, you know, you're not in school. Exactly. But playing outside a whole lot, you know, um, a lot of some of the things that I would play outside as a kid was tag, you know, and what was cool when I was in middle school, I lived in this suburb um, that was pretty much in the middle of cornfields. So there was nobody else around us. And so a lot of the kids, you know, we all went to the same school. And so we would play games as a whole neighborhood yeah you know like tag would be a whole neighborhood we'd be on our bikes and stuff like Like that rover exactly (laughs) and uh playing football you know basketball you know a lot of things we we played outside you know or you know we would you know i was really into comics at the time and still am and uh we would play like you know x-men and stuff like that spider-man and pretend we were like we make up our own mutant characters you know try to use our imagination based off of the things we would see and read and that's what i remember a lot doing as a kid you know, what kind of things did you guys do as a kid, Dom? Oh, same thing. I mean, oh, the street I grew up on, there were there was only about like six or seven kids around my age. Uh-huh. So what what we really did was is I don't know if, if they even have it nowadays, but it was a Nerf football. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, Nerf football. I think they do have them. They have all kind of things though. Now it's yeah. it's like where we had like this a Nerf football, or the, I think it had like different versions of that Nerf football. But nowadays they have. I think different companies make versions of different versions of the Nerf football. But go yeah. ahead. Yeah, so we would play Nerf football like three on three tag in the street, and I remember we even had this football where it was just plastic, like hard plastic. It had a bunch of holes in it, but you could put like a flashlight tube through it. So when you throw it through it at night, you could see the ball. Mm. And I remember playing a lot of of street football. On top of that. Uh, I remember after getting off the bus and just going home, changing real quick, grabbing a sandwich and going to go play basketball right. out there. And the it was just basically a bunch of neighborhood kids that would be out there and play three-on-three, five-on-five, kids older than us, uh, sometimes younger, uh, being outside for that most part or just simple things like riding our bikes. Now, was uh, this at a court or like when you played basketball or where was it at? Like so, Sometimes it would be at the end of our, our, our street, but uh-huh. most of the time we'd go to an elementary, which was about like half a mile away. Okay, cool. And everybody would sort of meet up there. Uh, also too, like I was saying, riding our bikes when – where I moved there first couple of years, it was a lot of development. Mm-hmm. So we'd just be exploring, just just walking around, going back there. Uh, we probably did some things that we shouldn't have. Like, <laughs> of course, man, of course. Uh, one of the things, I mean... I could we could have probably lit the 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 forest or the the back area on fire. We would take little GI Joe men or plastic men and uh-huh. 
tape them to deodorant and light the deodorant up uh, with a match. It should be a big old fire, fire flame ball. and Doing all kind of mischievous yeah, stuff. Yeah, exactly. I rem- Do you remember the ice cream man? Did you guys have the ice cream truck in your neighborhood? Um, You know, I've lived in various places, and I'm trying to think. You know, some places, yes. Some places, no. Okay. You know, in that place that I was talking about, there was very country. I don't recall if there was an ice cream man just because... I mean, the ice cream man wouldn't make a lot of money. He'd drive pretty far to get to us, you okay. know? Yeah. And the reason I bring it up is because the I remember the ice cream truck, they would sell these little airplanes, the plastic, you'd put it through the wings, and it would make, like, little uh, airplanes, and you'd throw them in the air for, like, gliders. But uh, they would be, like, old Mustang fighters. And it so, was so your the- ice cream man sold ice cream and toys? Yeah. And Man, just, awesome just like the <laughs> little, like the little GI Joe with the little parachute where you just throw them up in the Man, air. Let me ask you: Did he, did he also sell Frito pies? No. Aww. But he also, but he did sell us uh, chalk cigarettes so, <laughs> and, and garbage pail and, and garbage pail kids. So. Oh, those were always awesome. When we were yeah, kids. yeah. I, I, I collected a bunch. Of, I wish I sort of kept those garbage pail kids. I love those. Uh, but a lot of those things it was pretty much what I did out out there and. Uh, in school, I don't know if they play it nowadays. It's like four square, dodgeball, uh, tether ball, things like that. I mean, what kind of things did y'all do growing up? So in school, uh, I played this game called wall ball, um, which essentially you threw the ball at the wall, right? And somebody else had to catch it. And if they fumbled it and, and weren't able to catch it, somebody else had to grab the ball and throw it against the wall. And if that person was able to get the ball to hit the wall before the other person that fumbled the ball reaches the wall, then you're able to peg him with the ball. Now, this was like a little rubber ball. The blue one? Have, yeah, the little blue ball. Okay. I, in my head right now, I got the American Me movie scene. Like when they're in prison <laughs> playing wall ball then. I really didn't play that as a child, but now I sort of you sort of painted the picture in my head right now. Yeah, I mean, it was fun because you had to like run really fast to the, to the wall. Uh, and Foursquare, like you said, I believe in, um, you know, baseball, basketball was a big, big one for me, uh, mainly because, uh, especially in middle school, my, I had a friend that uh, down the street, he had a, a basketball goal in his, in his garage, no, not his garage, <laughs> but he had a basketball goal in his driveway. And so we would always play there, always play, you know. And it was it was really fun, man. Did you ever lower it to and act like you were Jordan dunking on it? Of course, absolutely, dude. (laughs) Who didn't Who didn't have a dunk contest by lowering the goal? None of us are going to be able to dunk. No, No, it's not possible. Not even with the trampoline to this day. I can. I don't think I can be able to dunk. (laughs) (laughs) So, like, now we talk about what what do the kids do now? Well, you know, kids nowadays. I think they have a lot of options to stay inside, you know, versus for us, you know, yeah, we had Nintendo and Sega and all those things. And we'll talk about that here in a minute. Yeah. Um, but they have an enormous option of, of not only just video games, but media content, you know, in general. And so for them, you know, they still use their imagination. It's just utilized. It's, it's, con- it's, it's gone through a different conduit. Yeah. Right. Where for us, it was going outside and pretending to do things, you know, or, or drawing on a piece of paper and, and, and kind of sending that out to our classmates or whatever. You know, for them, 
you know, they do a lot of creative things like making videos, making movies and sharing that instantaneously with the world essentially nowadays. Right. And they also create music and able to distribute that music, you know, free and, and easy, you know, and, and, and send that out also to the world where those things were a little bit, you know, more, I guess, more difficult to attain when we were younger. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I was thinking about that. I was thinking about like Sim City. It's sort of amazing to see these kids now, like right. the games that they play in their imagination right? and uh, what they can create and... I'm to be honest. A lot of times, I get jealous. I'm like, man, I can't. I I feel like maybe as I've gotten older, sometimes I think inside the box a little bit too much. And mm-hmm. these kids, the way they create these cities and mm-hmm. these little universes and worlds, right? I mean, it, it's sort of amazing. And um, just like you said, I guess it's a, a new way of thinking and being creative as opposed to when we were little kids, just using our imagination. It's just they they're actually able to. Imagine and make something somewhat tangible on the screen. Exactly. And, exactly. Yeah. yeah. And that's it's awesome. like what we were imagining as a kid. They're able to put on the screen. Exactly. You know, and, and not just them. I do as well. But anyway, <laughs> you know, like for example, when I was a kid, I pretend to be you know a superhero and riding with the Justice League, right? Well, nowadays you can get online and play as a character that's playing with the Justice League. So you know those kind of dreams and imaginations come to life nowadays and, and that's really really cool and as technology progresses as we've talked about many times with with the virtual reality especially you know and augmented reality you know now you're as much part of the game and the situation as yeah. ever before yeah. you know like pokemon go for example you know now you're a trainer bro you're roaming around look, oh look there's a pokemon that you see on your phone and you're grabbing it you know yeah. and i know there's other games out there that's just the, the one that first comes to mind but uh that's really cool and then just recently, you had had the new generation games came out. Uh, okay. Consoles, I'm sorry. PS5, Xbox uh, Series X. It, uh, I just want to say uh, I love you, babe. So if you're listening to this podcast, I'm not trying to influence <laughs> you. So, But if you do want to purchase it for Christmas for me, it'd be greatly appreciated. It'd be greatly appreciated. <laughs> hey, um, But yeah, the, so those two things came out, right? And they're supposed to be the next level. Of gaming, right? Yeah. You're talking about no, not just 4K, but 8K type of games, and I don't even know what 8K is, but I mean, supposedly it's better than 4K because you multiply it by by two. It's I don't know. two times as good, exactly. <laughs> so um, that's gonna be crazy when that those two systems start to really get up and running. You know, I'm not getting one right now. I mean, if you want, that's cool. But for me, I'm gonna wait. I want to. I want them to make sure they get all the bugs out and all of that stuff before I want to purchase one. Um, I mean, it sounds yeah. like maybe you, you you might get one on the horizon. If you do, I'm definitely. I'm not. Over that's to your why house. I'm just begging for it right now. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, from what I hear, they're impossible to get, and so um, that and the GTX 3080s are also hard to get. So that's uh, essentially the PC equivalent to those two. Uh, so it's okay. like all the the next gen. GPU gaming systems, they're all like pretty hard to get right now. Of course, it's yeah. Christmas time and with you know, COVID staying in in the household, that doesn't this necessarily, is necessity, right? Yeah, exactly. So you know, another way that kids are kind of different than when we were kids is that you know social media is a big influence on their behavior. Versus when we were kids, it was like it was social. Yes, we were still influenced by you know our peers and stuff like that, mm-hmm. but it was kind of like. In school, that's what we were kind of influenced, right? And at yeah. home, it's our parents. 
Yeah. Yeah, you might get your friends calling here and there, but they're kind of calling through your parents, essentially. Your parents are coming. Ring, say, ring. Can I talk to phone. Chris? Can yeah, I talk exactly. to Chris? Is Chris home? Can I talk to him? Back in those days, they could pick up the phone and hear you because it's all one line, right? So nowadays, none of that, none of those limitations exist for kids. So for them, you know, their friends it can influence them twenty four seven. Yeah, and, and there's, there, I guess, like there's no separation. Like for uh, maybe it was a great thing for us growing up, where we could, like you said, if you felt bullied or you know anything social, you left it at school and you could just leave it there, mm-hmm. and you didn't have to carry it twenty four seven. These kids, um, good and bad, I see sort of in a weird way where. Uh, they're connected in you know that social where they can't really disconnect from it, um, but that, that's pretty interesting to think about. I, right. Um, it's because it's it's a unique thing. It's a it's a new obstacle, right? Not a really an obstacle, but it's a, it's a new way of life that we didn't have to experience during you know our formative years or years that we we're trying to develop who we are. Yeah. You know, so it's it's a unique aspect that the newer generation has to deal with, and and I think as the generations go on. They're going to be able to cope with that better and better because it's yeah. going to be a more normalized thing, right? Yeah. And so there's going to be ways of handling it a little bit better. So in the beginning, it's always going to be a little bit iffy because everybody's going to kind of no, there's not there's no reins on it, right? Yeah. People are just going to go about it as they will. But as time goes on, I think it's going to evolve, and and we'll see what happens because that's obviously going to change, I'm sure. And there's going to be some other form of communication or whatnot. Um, and so. You know, we talked a little bit about the games that we played when we were kids, right? And and obviously there was a battle, I think, all throughout our childhood, which was Nintendo versus Sega, right? You got to say it right. Sega! <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. And so... I think you, know, you could tell what team I was part of. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so let's talk about, before before we kind of get into the discussion, I just want to kind of spit out a couple of stats. Uh, we'll start out with the two 8-bit systems first, okay? Okay. And so the NES uh, was released October 18th, 1985. It cost $149.99, so 150 bucks. And it came with Super Mario Brothers, all right? They sold 50,000 units that holiday season. And as of September 2020, they've sold a total of 61.9 million of the original Nintendo NES. And that was an 8-bit system, right? So, its competitor, the Sega Master System, it was released two days after the NES, October the 20th, 1985. Now, it sold a total of 10 to 13 million dollars. It cost $200, and it was also an 8-bit system. So, now I personally only owned the NES. Okay, we didn't all, we weren't all grace <laughs> to have both systems. But, Dom, you had both systems. So, let's talk about your experience with the game first. Okay, well, I first got the Sega Master System in. For those listening, it, it was not the Sega, it's not uh, the Sega Genesis. The Sega, Sega Master System is totally different from the Sega Genesis. So I first got the Sega Master System for Christmas, my brother and I, and I absolutely loved it. Uh, the gameplay was awesome. The way things moved, I just actually really, really loved the Sega Master System. Like a year, two years later, I finally got 
the NES my parents got this again for Christmas my parents would usually get that for, something huge for my brother and I and that would be the one gift for Christmas right and that's when I got mine the NES for Christmas for Christmas it's so I got that one and I, I loved the the NES as, as well but I don't know what it was about the Sega Masters and maybe it's because I got it first uh-huh. but I always thought it was better than the uh, NES uh, one of the great things too I loved about it is is I didn't have to blow on the NES uh, cartridge or try to, hate, yeah, or, or try to hate. put it in in a certain way and try to put a, a little, uh, you know, <laughs> jig, put our little uh, pencil in it to try to hold it down. Yeah. With the, the Sega, yeah. Yeah, with the Sega Master, you just uh, blew into it, mm-hmm. and that's it. So what Pop kind of it games, in, and that was it. Games did you have on the uh, Sega Master, for example? Well, the uh, the Sega Master, mm-hmm. the I had the football. That's what it was just and called. For example, and, 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 and I don't want to say for example, but uh, so everybody listening out there, um, the Sega Masters, I believe, you could have games downloaded onto the system and also console. Uh, not, yeah, called, the cartridge. Yeah, cartridge as well. They even had on the Sega Master where they had the little cards. It was sort of like a little slip and chip. Like a SD? It, yeah. Uh, it, they even cool. had that into it. Uh, also, it had the gun like the NES. But I, <laughs> but I, 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 to be honest, I can't even remember the game that you came with it. You probably used it with it. Uh, yeah. Uh, or yeah, but the games I remember is it was uh, basketball. Mm-hmm. That's what it was called, just basketball. <laughs> basketball. <laughs> uh, football. It was just football. Uh, but one of the games i do remember and uh-huh. i love playing it was called it was rocky uh-huh. but it was rocky it, it was called rocky rocky, it, it, rocky Balbo, and he fought clever laying on there and but it's it like was a punch out version. i wonder it, if like it, punch out was a rip i wonder which one came out first now uh i think it was rocky but it was sort of different like as mike uh tyson was like the opponents coming towards you uh-huh the Rocky was more <laughs> coming from left to right, like you controlled the left side guy. Right. But it would the the graphics were awesome on it. Uh, those are the games. And that was that, what uh, what Sega was like known for, like their their graphics or their utilization of their graphics was superior to NES yeah. or even Nintendo in general. Yeah, don't get me wrong, I loved the NES. Uh, my brother and I loved it too, but it was just something I loved more about the Sega Master System. Um, so for me, I had the Nintendo. And on the Nintendo, you know, I, it came with Super Mario Brothers. And when it came, I was ecstatic. So I got it for Christmas. And I was ecstatic. And I remember playing it nonstop when I first got it. And me and my family started playing it together. And we would play this game called Lolo. And this game Lolo, I don't know what the what the genre is called. But essentially, you it's like a tower. You have to go through the levels of the tower. And each level is like a puzzle. And you have to solve the puzzle to be able to get through the stage. And at the very top of the tower was the princess that you have to, you know, save, right? And so, you know, we as a family, we used to love playing that game because we used to love trying to figure out the puzzles and trying to get through the game and all that. And uh, I have had some pretty other pretty cool games on there. Um, Batman, the one based off the Michael Keaton movie, okay. um, you know, where it was pretty cool. It had pretty cool music too. Um, it was a pretty cool game. Um, another game that I used to play that was really silly because I had a wrestling game. And no, it wasn't <laughs> WrestleMania. No, it wasn't professional wrestling. It was called tag team wrestling. Oh, I had that one. Is, is it the one where you bounce off the ring where the dude would do like the little head move? Like it looked like he'd headbutt. Yes. Uh, he, he'd headbutt you. Yes. <laughs> yes. Okay. I had that one. That uh, was awesome. It's an obscure game. But, um. Yeah, I had that game. That game was pretty cool. I love that game. 
Um, I had the Ninja Turtles game, the original one. It was super hard. Oh, I remember that one. Getting past the damn section was really hard. Um, but those games, I used to love playing those games, man. And um, Tech Mobile. Tech Mobile. I ran in a couple times from Blockbuster, of oh. course. Um, but I didn't own it. Um, I did own. I'm trying to think of some other games that I owned on there. Um, Duck Hunt, of course. Um, Super Mario 2. I had Arch Rivals basketball game. I never had that. As, who, was it anybody specific on the cover? Uh, no, it was just sort of like the arcade one. It was sort of like the arcade Arch Rivals. I remember the the, the, the black guy with the green mohawk. I uh, forgot his name, but that's the guy I would use all the time. But yeah, th- those games were pretty tight. Yeah. So now now let's talk about the, the 16-bit, because that's what came next, right? And I, and I think you probably had both of them as well. The yeah, the I had bit. both. Yeah. So, so well, you can you can expand a little bit more on the Sega portion than I can. But so let's talk about the stats of the of the sixteen bits. So Super Nintendo, they was released November twenty first first nineteen ninety. It costs one ninety nine ninety nine, so two hundred bucks. Uh, they sold forty nine point one million units of those games of those sets of that console. Sorry. Um, and it came with Super Mario World. Now, for me, I loved my Super Nintendo. I had that thing, and I had Fox. Star Fox came with it, with mine, because um, I bought that with my Super Nintendo, and I played that infinitely. And I also played Star, uh, not Starship Troopers. <laughs> um, it was a Star. It was it was a Starship Fighter or some kind of game a lot. Um, and also, I played um, Street Fighter Two Turbo. I love that game on there. Um, and probably one of my favorite games, and probably to this day, one of my favorite games was Mario Kart. Love playing Mario Kart. Mario Kart to classic. I still love playing it to this day. Yes. It's it never gets fun. old. No, it doesn't. It doesn't get old at all, It's man. like one of those timeless games. It doesn't really matter. Yeah, all. man. And, and so many people can get into it, you know? Um, I used to love competing with my friends back in the day. And even when I first moved to San Antonio... Um, you know, my friend, uh, one of my friends, he brings his uh, Nintendo 64 and we uh, played, you know, Mario Kart on there a bunch of times because, you know, at that time we're kind of broke. So we save our money for Friday or Saturday and, and pretty much the rest of the week we're chilling playing Nintendo. Um, and so it, it, it was absolute fun because we would, I, what I remember is we would pop on uh, Incubus. Um, I forget what the CD was called. It was the one where it has Pardon Me. And Stellar and all those songs, uh, Drive, all those songs were on that CD. It was an awesome CD, man. We would just play that CD and turn on uh, Mario Kart and just go at it. Have a blast <laughs> playing that game, you know. So you know, Mario Kart was was a game that's kind of gone through different phases of my life. Even to this day, I play Mario Kart with my son and my cousin and his son and and my friends and their kids, and it's a blast. It's an awesome, awesome, awesome game, man. Awesome game. Um, I'm trying to think of. Some other games that are on that system that I played. You know, Pokemon, Donkey Kong. Donkey Kong. Donkey Kong Country was awesome. I don't know if you remember that. You got introduced. And so, you know, everybody remember Donkey Kong, right? And then in Donkey Kong Country, you get introduced to Diddy Kong. And so you kind of get that other element of somebody else kind of helping you to play. And and that was, and the texture and and the way the game was made was also really, really cool. Dang. And, and I, you know, before you go on, uh-huh. I'll be remiss if I didn't mention that Zelda. Zelda is another awesome game that has 
last of the ten, test of time. You know, you know what's know? funny? What's up? I, I've never played Zelda in my Not life. Not one Zelda? No. Nope. Dude, if, I, if you play one, any Zelda, Breath of the Wild, which is the most current one, is a good one. But any of them are actually good to play. Well, it's funny. Is my We owned it. My brother would play it all the time. He's the one that purchased it. But uh-huh. He was more into those games, but I was like... It just never intrigued the me. The time was, you bring him. Remember? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he it was just it never intrigued me at all. But, I mean, I always saw everybody. He loved it, I guess, because the gameplay and the stages and um, just, I guess, the... I mean, it's an awesome game, dude. The story is pretty much the same in a lot of them. Like, as far as, like, what... Well, I won't say that because a lot of the, the newer games, they've changed a lot of the kind of premise. But, you know, the princess is kind of is very involved. <clears throat> You know, um, and you are Link. You know, for all those of you guys who who don't know that the game Zelda is not about uh, you're not you don't play Zelda. Although I think some of the games they give you the option. Um, I've played several of them. It's just I haven't I haven't played any of them in a while. Yeah. I want to though. Uh, I want to get back on a couple of them. I own several of them, and I just need to get back on them. It's just been a while since I've played any of them. So, uh, to all my Zelda fans out there, if you guys want us to talk about Zelda or you guys want to hear us talk more about Zelda, send us some topics about or send us an email uh, and tell us that you guys want to hear us more about Zelda. So, um, so before you, you I, I kind of pass the baton to you, I did want to bring up the stats for the Sega Genesis. Okay. Now, the Sega Genesis was released August the 14th, 1989. So, it came out before the Super Nintendo. They, they've sold 30.75 million units so far. Um, it's also a 16-bit system. Um, and it came out with Altered Beast. That was the game that it came out with. Now, the big difference that I remember about Sega Genesis and Super Nintendo, for me, right, uh-huh. was that Super, Sega Genesis was a more mature, had more, they wanted you to have a more mature experience, okay? And one example of that was Mortal Kombat, Right? For Super Nintendo, I, and I own the Super Nintendo version of the game, you get gray stuff that comes out of people's mouths, right? For Sega Genesis... Oh, no, they give it all to you. That's right. They gave you blood, right? And I think it was like that as well for, for Street Fighter as well. You had to put in a code and you got the blood out that came out of Street Fighter. I think that was Street Fighter. But um, so, yeah, you know, they, they were aiming to be more mature. So the only experience that I ever had with a Sega Genesis was my cousin. My cousin owned a Sega Genesis, and I remember playing Altered Beasts on there, and I loved that game. I thought that game was so awesome. I was like, what? You can turn into a werewolf? What? You can turn into a bear? What? You can turn into a dragon, man? <laughs> you know, I was like, this is an awesome game, you know? And uh, Sonic was a cool game. And what was cool about Sonic in comparison to Mario, which I was used to, was the pace. Yeah. You know, Sonic was such quicker. You know, everything was much quicker, and you had much more animation, it seemed like, and the colors were much more vibrant. Yeah, and it was, and, and the the actual sound that went with it was a, so it just felt like you were going fast. It did what, it did what again? Like that, that was it. That was trying to illustrate it. It was the Sonic Hedgehog rolled up, going through the little tubes, going through there, and that game was just the gameplay was so awesome, and just the way that you can go up. It, you could go up and move to the right. It was just, it was just awesome to play. The other games I remember playing a lot was Golden Axe. Golden Axe, yeah, that and was then, an awesome game. I remember playing that in the arcades. Yeah, that that was a great game. The other one was uh, Streets of Rage, oh, but, yes, but basically Rage. it was like Double Dragon, but more mature. Yeah, it was, yeah, yeah. With the more action in it, and 
I love that game, but as well, like you were saying about Mortal Kombat, was the thing I loved about it is that, like you said, was the fatalities. You, you could you could see them all. Fatality. And yeah. I, I know me and you were discussing it. Um, just a what was the name of the the documentary we were seeing? It was just awesome to see how they marketed it. Oh, the console wars. Yeah. Yeah, that, that is a really great movie because you know they talk. It, it gives you a behind the scenes look, and it really to me, it's more of like, well, the first half of it is is more like, you know, what Sega, the up and coming story of Sega, right? And then from there, it becomes the war, and so in the beginning, they talk a lot about what was Sega's approach towards, you know, Nintendo, because ultimately they had to make a point, right? And so Nintendo was such a juggernaut at that time that it was hard to outmarket them without saying anything about them. You know, and so that's the approach they took. They decided, you know what, we're going to try to hit them low. So they would try to come out with, you know, commercials that would pretty much say that, you know, Sega was your your little brother's. I mean, not yeah, Sega. For little kids. Nintendo was your little brother's yeah. system. You know, Sega's for you. You're a more mature person kind of deal. Yeah. And I, I, I that's how I felt. I mean, going back to nes versus sega master right. system i felt the same way i like the genesis more than the super nintendo and i think it was just for the fact it just felt more edgier more uh-huh. um, just like little details like the the blood in mortal Kombat, but it just seemed a lot more i guess Exciting. Vi- more exciting and violent. Yeah, I got uh, That was the best way to put it. Uh, one, oh, another game I owned and I absolutely Thank you loved it. Yes, it was called uh, Gunslinger. Oh, okay. A- and it, you I were think that a, was an arcade game as well. A, a, you were a cowboy riding out there and you'd uh, just be shooting and it wasn't like, ooh, like, no, you'd see the guy like oh, look like he just got shot and bleeding and fall to the floor. Oh, wow. And, so you riding took on a horse. Damage. And, yeah. You so, would see the damage you've Yeah, taken. and you'd that's be riding awesome. a horse going through it. And that, right. that's what was pretty. Uh, I thought it was pretty cool about uh, the the Genesis and those kind of games where it just felt a little bit more violent and more real. Right, right. Yeah, and I get that, man. I really yeah. do. You know, but, and, and I'm, I'm assuming, so for you, that war, it was Genesis. Yeah, it was, it was uh, I like the Genesis more and okay. I like the Master System more than NES. But the NES, what I enjoyed more about the NES, uh, the gameplay, I liked Sega, but Overall, what I really liked about NES more than Sega mm-hmm. was the option of games. They had way more games. Yeah, yeah. And, and, I, and I was just going to say that. Yeah, and that's what I really loved about it. Was is just that they had so many games to choose from. So it was you weren't sort of pigeonholed to like ten games. It was like right. yeah, ten with Sega or fifty with NES. <laughs> yeah, you know, it wasn't, yeah, even, yeah. And it wasn't have, even close. And, and and I'll tell you, you know, for me, obviously. It's Nintendo. Nintendo. I go Nintendo all the way, yeah. and, and no knock on Sega because, like, I agree with you. Like, the experience of Sega was awesome back in the day because they had a more mature content in their games, and the the colors were more vibrant. It was a faster paced system, where it seemed faster paced, right? But Nintendo's characters are so timeless. You yeah. know, Mario still around. Metroid still around is one another staple for them. Pokemon is one another Nintendo yeah. uh, product still around. All these things are still around, and they're all really really cool games to play. You know, not just with as an adult, but I mean with your kids. And it was you funny know, you know what I was thinking. Everybody else would say the other way around with the family, of course. Yeah. But you know, also as an adult, you know, if you were a fan as a kid, those games are still fun as an adult. 
Yeah, I was going to say another timeless one is uh, Tetris on Game Boy. Yeah, there you oh, go. It, yeah. Tetris on Game Boy. Who can't forget that, man? Yeah. Dr. Mario. Dr. Mario. I, and it's a crazy thing. Mario is like in so many different iterations of himself. It, it's it's remarkable because a lot of them are really fun. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah, know? exactly. You would think that, dang, man, how are they going to keep using it? Like, no, man, but all these games are really fun to play, you know? And it's yeah. like if you look past the fact that it's Mario and everything, which honestly that doesn't bother anybody, Yeah. you know? Mario Kart. They're all really yeah. fun games, you know? Yeah, yeah. Mario Kart is always going to be a fun game because the concept behind it is really cool and fun. And the fact that you can play with that game with multiple people, it makes it an even more fun game. Which brings me to my next point about the younger kids, you know, the kids now, the, the kids that when they play games now, they get to play online, right? So for me and you, right, we pretty much had to go to somebody's house and play the games there. Right, that's the only yep. way we could kind of play with somebody else. Yo, Pooch, hey Pucho, did you bring your control? Did exactly. you bring your control? Okay, you now now we can get four of us playing here now. That's right, man. <laughs> we can all play or play. So exactly, and but nowadays, no, no, man, we can all stay at our house and we can play online. And you're not limited to the people that you know in your school or your neighborhood. You know, you you play with anybody around the world. And I think that's where a lot of kids are thinking, like where you and I kind of limited our friendships to people we could play with here and 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 who go to school with us kids nowadays they, they don't have they don't have those limitations you know they can make yeah. friends with somebody anywhere around the world and that's what a lot of times happens you know what i mean like kids stay inside because their friends are all around the play- world you know they're not here different neighborhoods other part of the city yeah you, know? you know absolutely yeah. or not even in the same state or not even in the same country it's, like, it's like Fortnite. i mean they have their little groups and teams and like call you said, of duty all yeah, these games all those ones i mean and you see that all these games right they're becoming yeah. legit careers yeah. when you become very, very good at them, right? These kids are making millions of dollars playing these games. You know, yeah. they're, they're legit career. Like, I think some of these universities are also offering scholarships now for kids who want to, you know, play eSports. So these are legit things that these kids are doing. So if, if your kid wants to sit down and play Call of Duty and he's really awesome at it, you probably should encourage him because he might yeah. be able to get a free scholarship, you know? That's kind of where it's at nowadays, you know. Um, the only comp- the only way I knew about video game competitions, and I know they've been going on since the seventies, but the only way I knew about them was uh, you remember that movie, The Wizard? Oh, with uh, Kevin Arnold. That's right, Fred Savage. <laughs> yes, and it was Super Mario Three. I think was the game at the end. The glove. Yes, it's the glove. So bad. <laughs> but that movie was was like my first introduction to like competition like video game competitions thinking about that right now to be honest uh that's probably my first interaction with those with competitions as well i can't think of anything before that no no other than that you know i don't know if you remember and and this is also what's different so like kids nowadays like you can have like for example covid's going on right yeah a lot of these professional gamers well they can still have tournaments because they can do these things online but when we were kids, right, the way you really want to test your skill is you're going to the arcade. Oh, man. The roll of quarters, right? And you're waiting in line to play. These are, these are the yeah. three that I can remember that there was always like a huge line. And I'll name them. And you tell me if okay. this is the same for you. Uh, okay. Mortal Kombat. Yes. Street Fighter. Yes. Killer Instinct. Yes. Those are the three that I remember like for like a, a period in the 90s. I want to say for most of the 90s. Those games were like there was a line, and like only the best of the best didn't use all their quarters. <laughs> it, 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 you're absolutely one hundred percent correct. 
But that made me feel sad a little bit. You know why? Why? Because just thinking about Killer Instinct, it doesn't get the love that it does Mortal Kombat or, or Street Fighter. You're right, man. But you know why? Because it only had, I think, three iterations. There might have been more. I but it was a was lot a, more gorier. It was a lot more awesome to me. Well, what I liked about what what made Killer Instinct different from the other two really was the like enormous combos that you could do. Like I know yeah. Mortal Kombat had some combos, but Killer Instinct had like the nine nine hit combo. Ultra, ultra, ultra. <laughs> but yeah, I mean. Everybody knew that one kid, that one kid that would put one quarter in there and be there like an hour. The yeah, he'd be like an hour and a half, two With hours. All the characters, dude. Yes. He's like, dang, this dude's been using Saber Wolf like crazy today. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah, man. You know, and so that's how we would play and, and really test our, our, our competitiveness and our ability to play. But nowadays, hop online and you get the same ability, you know, the same thing, man. You know, Sometimes you might be embarrassed because, like, whereas, say, for example, you're there, right? If you notice that the person that's really good is a really young kid, you probably might not go there because you don't want to get embarrassed. Exactly. Unless you're, unless you're really good yourself. Like, I wouldn't because I was never really, really good at any game like that. I was decent, but I was never really, really good. So, I would if I see a little kid at the front, I'm like, nah, I'd rather not. Nowadays... Man, you might not know until that kid turns on his mic and he starts cursing you out, talking shit. Yeah. <laughs> I don't need that in my life. Man. No, no one needs it. <laughs> no one needs that smoke. And so, you know, those, those are the big differences that I think as far as playing that was different between us and the kids now. So now I want to talk about school. What was different then than there are now? When I wake up in the morning and the lawn gets out of water, I don't think I'll ever make it on time. By the time I grab my books and I give myself a look, I'm at the corner just in time to see the bus fly by. It's alright, cause I'm safe out of bail. If the teacher pops a test, I know I'm in a mess and my dog ate all my heart. So guys, if you want to hear more about you know video games and the whole Nintendo versus Sega thing you know send us a message on at our Twitter or email us at the fishbowlbodio at gmail.com so you know we would love to talk more about that it's just because you know we were thinking about it and we're like man we got a lot more to talk about that so if you guys want to hear more about that let us know so uh, let's move on to the next next aspect you know that I kind of wanted to cover which was school you know school back in the day you know versus how school is nowadays now School back in the day that I can remember, you know, computers were just emerging. Uh-huh. And I remember, you know, in, in school, you know, computers are everywhere nowadays, right? Well, back in the day, you had to go to a computer lab to function a computer. And you had to take a class called, for me at the time, was called word processing to be able to enter the computer lab to operate a computer. So how were things so were for you? So for, for me, it was actually called computer class. <laughs> they kept it real simple. Right? Yeah, they kept it in. A lot of it was just like you stated. Was a lot of it was just learning how to key the uh, learning the keyboard word processing. It was more just a sort of to be blunt. It was just more of a glorified typewriter kind of slash word processor um, on it. We, I mean, we didn't get to jump on the end i don't even know if there was internet back then <laughs> when i when i, when I went internet to computer class emerging I mean, uh, and honestly uh, you probably 
they probably had to like have designated times where you could jump on the internet. I, I it, believe back in the day. Yeah, and in that computer lab, we didn't have anything. I think the most high tech thing was that Oregon Trail. That that was yeah. That was that of life and death, mostly death. Yeah, that was pretty much it as as far as, far as computers, computers right? and I really didn't get you start using computers like sort of commonly mm-hmm. to maybe high school? no not even then i mean probably when i was a junior or senior in college wow and that was that how old we are guys yeah exactly <laughs> we still and, were writing things out uh i remember the first computers i remember using were the floppy disks yes i remember floppy disks and then yes. they went to the little hard, uh, the hard square. I don't right, know, the that, ones that were like multicolored. Sometimes. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, but as far as the schools, I mean, we just had the computer computer class, and that's what we took, and that was it. Uh, as far as, and you could sort of maybe correct, uh, you know, because you'd probably know better as a father right now. Is I remember the having school books. And getting the flipping inside out the the covers and making it and writing on the outside covers of of the books and putting right, right, it, book covers. making book covers and drawing items and writing stuff on it and I remember you know you have all those books and it was like fifty pounds in your backpack but <laughs> yeah. uh, but nowadays do kids even have books like hard books like that yeah the the books they still use books um, but they have a more mixed instruction right. So we're back in the day, we had more of a, an instructional kind of format where yeah. you had a teacher and they kind of instructed you based off a textbook that you guys were all, everybody in the classroom was reading off of, uh-huh. right? And they had occasionally, they would bring in the overhead projector and go over some items with a diagram or whatever that everybody could see. Oh, with right? the little transparency. Yes, exactly, yeah. the transparency. And, and so that was what a lot of the instruction was back in the day. Where nowadays, because of the, you know, the utilization of computers, well, now you can do some things where you can show things on a screen and, and go through you know, animations and, and videos and stuff like that more readily because that equipment is more readily available and the technology to demonstrate some of the things that for us back in the day was really demonstrated on a book and a piece of paper you know, we were kind of limited to just the book, whereas nowadays, they can do everything pretty much on a computer as far as the teacher's concerned, as far as their instruction and how they're teaching. Um, and also, the kids nowadays utilize tablets in class. Um, you know, currently, right now especially, most classes are done um, with most of the kids doing a Zoom type of class, you know, some kind of video conference kind of type class. And even and so with that, again, you have to go into utilize virtual type of met, teaching methods such as utilizing the videos and utilizing different game slash educational tools um, to help the kids, you know, learn certain concepts and stuff like that, while simultaneously utilizing instruction and all that stuff. So the technology aspect is way more integrated nowadays way more i remember when i was uh, going in elementary not so much middle school because even me uh we uh, technology wise we progressed but i remember in elementary the projector where you had the the little film and and that's 
And I remember that. And then when I knew video day, video day, that's what I was about to say. <laughs> I was so pumped. The holiday that, uh, that every child dreamed of. When they rolled the in that, that the huge old TV yes, strapped down with, with the VCR and they rolled it in <laughs> and you knew it was going to be a good day. That's right, man. You're like, heck yeah, man. We're going to watch some video. I mean, you're going to go to sleep or enjoy what I'm watching. I remember you. I I knew it was going to be awesome. And especially that's when I first got introduced to Bill Nye, the science guy. Oh, man. A classic. Yeah. And, yeah. I, and, and to, for our younger listeners, uh, some of the technology that we would utilize to, to watch these videos was tape, right? VHS tape yeah. with a VCR. And then I remember laser discs were a thing for a while. We, I never. I guess I must have been out of school by that point. So laser discs were essentially record-sized DVDs. Wow. Yes, and they would use those to watch, you know, show us some of the videos. But those didn't last long, of course, right? Because it was way more expensive to make that giant DVD when you could make a smaller DVD. Yeah. And so um, then we went to the DVDs, and by then I was already in college. But that time we, we were utilizing more DVDs and stuff like that. Uh, but nowadays it's like. Everything's online. You know, you don't need to utilize any hardware to show a video. It's like, oh, there goes a screen. Let me pull this up, you know, through this website. And that's it. You know, you're pretty good. So that is a huge benefit for the kids nowadays in comparison to us as far as video day, right? <laughs> you know what? I, it just hit me. I, I know one thing that was different when we were growing up versus uh, the way kids growing up now. Mm. I don't think these kids could could fake their grades like when we were little kids, uh, when with the first report cards where they'd give you like a C or B, a literal paper, and you could sort of use a marker to change it if you wanted to. Or the other thing I was thinking is uh, when I was in middle school and high school, we went to the printed paper, but your uh-huh. parents would have to do the signature. Right. But if I'm not mistaken, I think kids now, all the grades are posted online now, right? Yeah. Nowadays, <laughs> you can get your child's pretty much progress support in, very, in various avenues. Teacher can email them to you. you can, they have a website with all of them on there. You know, And if you can't get them in either one of those avenues, you can just hit up the teacher and they'll get, print them out and give them to you in person. And so, <laughs> so no yeah, forging. No, it's very difficult for the kids to do that. So that you know, but at the same time, you get more real time progress as a parent, right? You get more real time progress from your kid, and so yeah. you're able to be more involved and help them out where they need help. Whereas before, you know, it was more like three person communication: the teacher, the student, and then the parent. Mm-hmm. And if one of them is not communicating, it can kind of mess up, you know, what's go- really going on. And like yeah. you said, the kid can get away with certain things. I think it'd be great as a parent, but would would suck as a child. <laughs> I don't yeah, need my I, mean, I don't yes. need I don't need my parents uh, knowing my status daily, and uh, that that also brings up something. I remember parent teacher day. I mean, that's pretty much where if the parent wanted to speak with the teacher, they would have to make like an appointment or wait to that one day. But I see, I think nowadays, like it, that, kid, that like, goes a lot faster. You know what I mean? Yeah, it becomes a situation where. You know, if your kid is doing okay, your parent-teacher conference is probably not going to be very long because you are already getting progress reports and you're already aware of what's going on. You know, if your kid is having a lot of trouble, then you, your parent-teacher conference might be a little bit longer because it may be a situation where you, maybe you're not as involved as you need to be. Or, you know, the kid may need more additional And then help. I think, too, the accessibility. I think now parent, uh, parents now can probably just shoot an email to the teacher. Right, or have and, a Zoom and, conference and, you easily. Know, yeah. Back then, it, it wasn't like that. It was just like, 
hey, we'll set an appointment, and then the way we're, yeah, hey, you're kicked your acting up, period, right. that's and then can, it. Can your parent get off of work? Yeah. You know? Oh, that was, that was a big no-no with my dad. Um, <laughs> quick story. Uh, when I was a little kid, um, I must have been in like first grade, and we did the, there was like the, what's it called, the emergency when they do the fire drill. Mm-hmm. Well, me and my friend Ernest decided not to go back to class and stay out at the playground playing. Oh, no. And needless to say, my teacher freaked out because two children were missing after the fire drill of for course. like about 45 minutes. Yes. So they called me to the principal's office and they made me uh, call my father. My dad had to get out of work. And my dad did not want to miss work or miss work unless uh, he was always, yes, he was. was All I, he, he, my dad was the kind of guy where if I was sick, ah, you could tough it out. Come on, give it, you can go. So needless to say, he came to school. He got out of work. He took me in front of the classroom, took out the belt. And whipped me in front of the the classroom. Wow! And, and I still remember my teacher and I think the principal, Mister Zarate, felt bad for me. And they're <laughs> like, pity, they're all like, yeah, they took pity. They're like, oh man, we're not gonna call his dad. Anymore. Uh, yeah, exactly. And then my dad left me there crying and took off back to work. So that after was that, clearly back in the day. Yes, clearly that was back the, in the day. Yeah, the, the, <laughs> that would not fly today. Yeah, do they even have paddles nowadays? That paddle, uh, I, like the, I don't, I can't speak for private schools, but I, as far as I know, public schools no, no longer paddles. No. Oh, okay, I, I remember we had them. Well, with the three I, holes I drilled. When in I them. was in school, they were that was something that was still in existence, but I, I seriously doubt that that even is a, is something that oh. maybe in certain places you never yeah. know. There's a lot of very country places. They stick to a lot of old ways. Well, San Antonio in the eighties—that was part of life. That was that was normal. <laughs> yeah, that. So pal- that, that brings up a good good aspect, right? Because now you're talking about your parents, right? And you're talking about discipline and the family unit, the familial unit. Yeah. So let, let's kind of transition into family. Okay. So, talking about family, how family was back in the day compared to how it is now. So, back in the day, you know, there was more avenues, I guess, for family gatherings. Um, TV, like, you know, primetime television was a big thing. TGIF. Absolutely. We talked about that, you know, but primetime TV, you know, there was a lot of great primetime shows back in the day. And. I remember for my family, you know, that was a great time for us to kind of get around and have a good laugh together and watch shows and bond. Uh, Dinner time was another time, you know, because back in those days, we didn't have cell phones. So when we're at dinner, you know, we had to look at each other and talk, you know. And so anybody they would call, no, 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 we're having dinner. They got, they could call you back, right? So those two times were like the big times for me that I can recall where, you have a lot of family bonding. You know, nowadays, because there's so many avenues for media, right? And there's so many devices that can stream media that we all kind of get caught up in our own devices. So cell phones is a big one, right? Back in the day, your dad might be reading the newspaper and the rest of us might be doing something else. You know what I'm saying? But 
that was about the extent of a distraction, right? Nowadays, everybody's reading their cell cell phones for various reasons. Either you're getting a text message, you're answering an email, maybe for work. Getting a notification. You no, know, getting a notification, you know, listening to your fishbowl body or podcast, whatever, right? There's a lot of distractions. And so, you know, people don't sit down and watch something together anymore. Maybe you, you, you actively make a family movie night, you know? But as far outside of that, like everybody kind of has their own thing that they kind of watch or they kind of do. And there's so many avenues to do it that, you know, you don't all have to do it together unless you unless you actively do it. Yeah. And the same thing with dinner. You know, you have to actually make an active rule to say, hey, no cell phones, because otherwise everybody will be on their cell phones. But what do you say? No, no, I was going to agree. I remember uh, even back then, like. When you're talking about the everybody knew what time it was, it was in my household. Dinner was at six, so my there we didn't. I was at that age. There was no cell phones. There wasn't none, nothing. Right. Uh, pagers weren't even exi- it didn't even exist at that time. So there was none of that. It was just like, hey, at this time you better be home. Period, because this is what what we're gonna eat. And nowadays, at least if a mom or a dad wanted to notify their kid, they can at least get a hold of them quickly. And, you know, back then it was just like everybody had to be home at that time to eat. And there was no options, at least in my household. You ate when my mom cooked and that was it. That was it, yeah. And (laughs) if you you didn't like it, you can make your sandwich because mom ain't going to do anything else. And like you said, that was our time where everybody would talk and sometimes get loud in the household <laughs> as well. Absolutely, uh, exactly. Yes. And, uh, but that was the family time. And like you said, primetime TV was the one where we would all sit around the couch right. and, uh, you know, the phone, it could ring. It, nobody answered it. We were watching that show. Right. Um, it wasn't like nowadays where you can pause it, DVR it. no, we ain't missing him. My dad was not going to miss Matlock no matter what. So, <laughs> hey, Did you ever get this as a kid? You're going by McDonald's. And you're like, oh, I want a Big Mac. Oh, I can make you a Big Mac at the house. You ever get one of those? Yeah, my mom. <laughs> I make it way better. It tastes it's better. Just like exactly. And and my dad. He pretty much did. Yeah. Like, Thousand Island was the secret sauce. Yeah, exactly. Spoiler alert. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean. The, you bring up the phone the whole issue with the phone right so a big thing back in the day is well I was only available to call when I was around the phone right mm-hmm. so if you didn't know where I was you'd be have a hard time to call me right and this was before mm-hmm. pagers and even before definitely before cell phones so you know whenever your family would call you or you know it would always be like hey call me whenever you get to because wherever you go because the, other other than that there'd be no way for them to communicate with us right Exactly. So, or the the original message were, uh, hey, is Pucho home? And say you weren't home. Then your mom or your dad would just write on the note and leave it on, on the fridge. Dom called you. That that was it. That was the message. And so when you it, and yeah. when you get back and they're like, you'd call me back, and that was it. That's that's how we cute. We got a hold of one another. Yeah, it, it, there was a, a, a delay, but it was like you, you didn't think of it, right? So, yeah. and that's the whole thing with having a cell phone now is that it makes you cognizant of your ability to communicate with people. Yeah. Where back in the day, because you knew communication was so scarce, it was like okay, especially because you're living under your parents' house. 
So communicating mm. through the phone is limited to their rules, whatever your parents' rules were. You know, you, you had to communicate, you know, whenever you could. Yeah. You know, it wasn't something you could communicate all the time. So that kind of brings up the whole concept of punishment, right? Okay. <laughs> because, you know, back in the day, punishing your child was way different than it is now. And and, <laughs> and for and for right reasons, you know, I, I completely 1,000% understand why. Yeah. You know, back in the day, spanking was a widely used tactic to ensure your child behaved correctly. Well, I guess you can tell my dad was not a. With the story I just gave about whipping me in front of the the classroom, you can, I, you can pretty much tell he wasn't a timeout kind of dad. He was a go get the belt, and I'd have to go get it and bring it to him. And the rule was, if you ran, you got twice as many. And uh-huh. uh, my mom too. You still try to run though, right? No, exactly. I, I was always my brother would can't just, make it easy on the yeah. Old man. My brother would just would just. Stand there and get his, his whipping. That's not not me. I, I, my dad would have to earn it, and I would get it twice as bad. <laughs> and it was one of those things. The two, my mom, she, you know, at a certain age, the chancla no longer hurt me. And I would sort of laugh. But my mom would use psychological where she would say, oh, wait, wait till your dad gets home, and I'm going to tell him. And yes. then the whole time, the whole time I went in, <laughs> she going to tell him. Because I, already, I was already anticipating that I'm going to get whipped. And the the thing that made it worse is sometimes she would tell him, and sometimes she she would she wouldn't, and sometimes she would, and and sometimes the I would get it, mind yeah, screw. yeah, exactly, and sometimes I would luck out and I wouldn't get a whipping, and then sometimes she would tell him, and I'd get it. I mean, I don't know how. I mean, was were your parents a timeout kind of uh, growing up? No, absolutely not. My, my parents were also Latino, and so they <laughs> they subscribed to the spanking, but they did not subscribe to the public humiliation. You know, my my, yeah. my mom was very much the wait till we get home. You yeah. know, and and I did get the whole wait till your dad gets home deal too. Yeah. So my mom was like stage one, right? And if and, and once her spankings kind of not affected me in the same way, then stage two came, which was yeah. dad, right? And you know that that's just how what they learned, and you know that's what they knew as far as disciplining, and and so being a parent nowadays, disciplining is different because one, I feel like kids a little bit, they kind of develop a little bit quicker because they're a little bit more aware of what, everything around them because of the internet largely, and exposed to a they're lot, exposed more. to a lot of stuff, right. And so you can kind of I I personally feel like you, I feel like you can kind of communicate with them more and as far as discipline you know there's various ways that you can do it I don't, and, and without having to spank for me personally I leave spanking as like the last resort you know like there has to be so many times where I've told you to do something and then I spank and and I'll tell you right now that I've rarely had to do it you know what I mean? Like I'm able to have a conversation with my son and 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 him able to correct his behavior that method without me having to do the spanking, you know. And so where my parents were like quicker to say, you know what, swap. You know, me, I'm more patient and I'm able to communicate with my son and, and those things. Yeah. And it's different too because I grew up with my brother, right? So you know, and at that time my dad worked a lot and my mom was at home a lot, so it was her raising two kids. You know, here. You know, my, me, my wife. You know, it's just me, my wife, and my son, and so it's really easy to kind of combine yeah. our efforts to help raise him, and so that the frustration of raising him doesn't ever boil <laughs> over. I was laughing because I was thinking, 
My my dad did it the opposite. He would whip me and then communicate. Because every after <laughs> every, after every whipping, did you learn? He would explain, sir, son. You know why I whipped you? I told you how many times this, this, and this. Yeah. And I, I, after he he talked to me, he wouldn't whip me just whip me, but he would always have that sit down talk after he'd whip me. And I'd feel bad because I'm like, you know what? In the back of my head, I was like, you're right, Dad. You like told me like 38 times, don't run, don't run past that thing. You're gonna knock it over. You're not gonna knock it. 39. <laughs> that right? that 39th time, I hit it and knocked it over. And that was uh, that was that was what I really remember is like the whip and then the sit down talk, telling me exactly why he did what he did. But I just thought it was funny that it was the opposite. Hit first and then explain second. <laughs> Definitely, and so that uh, that kind of brings me to a, another aspect of of life back in the day, which was religion was very prevalent in my household. You know, yeah. that was that was something that actually was prevalent in a lot of households back in the day. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and I get there's still a lot of very religious people, but I think that number has kind of started to dwindle. Not not that much. I believe me, there's still a lot of very very religious people. I'm just saying that you don't see religion as prevalent in people's homes or the idea of religions pushed as much in people's homes as it was back in the day. At least that's what my observation is. No, I, I see the same observation. Um, it just doesn't feel, and this is my own personal opinion, it doesn't feel like um, it's, how can I put it? It's really pushed as oh, much as it was. Yeah, it's, it's, it feel, doesn't feel like it's really, and this is going to sound horrible, but emphasized as much nowadays. No, as it doesn't it was sound it. bad because in all honesty, there's so many different religions, right? And so to be honest, let's be honest. Back in the day, the religion that was really pushed and a lot of things was Christianity. Well, what's gone, what's gone on since then? Well, there's been different people that have come to this country. Not Well, they've always been here, but that number has grown. Different types of people coming here has grown. The numbers of different type of types of oh, the numbers of different types of people has grown. Yeah, and so with them comes different types of cultures, different types of religion. So the idea of pushing just one religion, I think, becomes mute at that point. Yeah, because you're like, okay, not everybody believes that. So who who am I talking to when I say that? Yeah, and I think too. Also, I, I, no, I, I, feel, I, I that's, that's publicly now in the yeah. house. That's it's a different story. Yeah, no, I was gonna say like what I feel too is, is um, I think just with the busy world that we're in, mm-hmm. it, it's just it, it doesn't get brought up as as much it's as not it as was. much of a priority priority right. And um, you know, I knew like when I was growing up, it was uh, not my parents weren't weren't super super religious. Uh, believe it or not, I even went to Sunday schools one summer. I, I went to heard, yeah. for several years. Yeah, and um, my dad was also, he went to, I know when he was a kid, he went to private school where uh, he had the so nuns and all strict. that. So, yeah, yeah. they are very strict. So growing up, I, I, I sort of grew up like, but not like some of my friends. I know they were super religious. Right. But nowadays, I, I see it now. I'm, it doesn't seem like that even... In, in households nowadays, I just I think too, uh, science mm-hmm. and people's it's oh yeah, it's progressed, and I think uh, just people's a, 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 I mean it's gonna sound yeah. horrible. It's like atheism, like for some people, atheism. I think it's grown more because when you step back and you look at it, 
Mm-hmm. And, you know, it, it brings up a lot of questions. And, and sometimes in religions, there's not always answers. Right. And it, it's faith that keeps us, you know, um, on the track. Right. But I think that that has a big part of it, too. It's just a lot, um, the internet, a lot of more ideas. Uh, people are just open in a lot more, like you said, different religions and options. And I think that's why it's not pushed as much right. um, in households. Nowadays, that's just my my opinion. No, and, and absolutely, I, I agree. You know, um, there's so many different views, and I think nowadays we're so aware of these different ideas and different concepts, right? That I think that most people kind of take the approach of it, even if you are religious. That yeah, I'm going to show my child my religion, but if they grow up and decide to change and do something else, that's okay too, mm-hmm. because you know we all have to live our own path, and and each person has to. You know, live their own life, and your faith has to be based around how you want to live your life. Go ahead. I, I was about to say you made a great point. I think nowadays, and I think it's for the better. I think people are more accepting. As absolutely, yeah, and uh, back when I was in this eighties or nineties, it wasn't. It was a lot more black and white. Right, right, um, and that's what I was saying earlier. And, and even like uh, for people that were gay, when I was in high school, I. I for those that I was, I graduated in '97, so it wasn't super, super long ago. Uh, being gay was not you, not commonplace. Not commonplace. You really did. You there they, were some gay folks, right? Don't get me wrong. Yeah. There, like, but it was closeted. Time, they, they didn't but come wasn't out. As, yeah, it wasn't as open or as abundant as it is now, and it wasn't really accepted at that time, right? Um, so you fast forward it just. Within two decades, it's uh, people are a lot more accepting. And my, myself, I don't see the, I, I, I'll never understand the hate. Yeah, or, or for for, it make for people that. And but back then, it was just more like, oh, you're gay, you're going to hell. That's just the way it was. Right. And, and you would see these commercials or these uh, preachers that would preach that, and, that, and you know, you wouldn't blink an eye. And nowadays, you'd be like, whoa, 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 this, yeah, this guy. No, like, no, and then we talked about, like, uh, the movie Waiting the other day, right? Uh-huh. And it's a, it's a funny movie, but they have a lot of homophobic slurs in there, right? Yeah. And it's funny because that's what we call them nowadays. But at the time, like, that was commonplace. Yeah. Those words were very commonplace to utilize. And it's great that we've moved from there because we're being educated like, hey, that, there's people who don't like that shit, man. That's yeah. offensive to a whole lot of exactly. people. Exactly. And and you're right, man. Because what do I get that's funny about that in reality? It's really not that funny. Yeah. When you think about it, it's not funny at all. So why even say it? And so that, that's a that's a great point that you're bringing up because kids nowadays they're exposed to those type of things way earlier. Kids mm-hmm. because it's so accepted now and it's so okay, you know, and, and rightfully so. Yeah, I agree 100. percent You know. Kids are coming out a lot younger age, and more power to it, man. Because people should feel comfortable in what they are and who they are. And know? I think it's important for the. Uh, back then, I, I mean, I'm not a parent, but back then, I'm 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 pretty sure. And you would see. I remember watching movies and uh, things where if the kid was gay, they were like shunned, right? And, and their parents yeah. and I never understood that growing up. Even back then, I was like, "How are you not going to love your child?" Absolutely. And like nowadays, you see like the parents have also progressed where they're saying, "I don't care as long as my kid is a good person and healthy, I'm going to love them. I don't care what they do, right? Or who you know, absolutely. to each his own." Is that absolutely? That's absolutely correct, man. And you know that that gives the younger generation and the uh, the people who the kids that are 
around now yeah. a whole different perspective on society. Not just because of that, but yeah. a multitude of things. You know, they're way more accepting of people than I would say our when we were kids, how society yeah. was. You know, way yeah. more accepting. And I think that's a really great thing, you know, as far as the future of humanity. You know, we need people who are going to be accepting of other people and want to help other people versus, you know, a dog-eat-dog mentality. Yeah. And um, another thing that I want to say about kids nowadays is that was different from back in the day is we talked about phones, right? And we talked about, you know, you were really only available whenever you were around the phone. Well, nowadays... I'll go back a little bit. So when I was a kid, right, uh-huh. my, my dad was in the military, right? And so we lived nowhere near our family ever, right? And so the only time we get, we would ever see our family, which mostly resided in Puerto Rico, shout out to Puerto Rico. Uh, the only time we would ever see Puerto Rico, uh, my family in Puerto Rico, is when I went and visited them in Puerto Rico, right? Well, nowadays, that's only a Zoom call or a Skype call or whatever FaceTime app you want to use call away and you have those video conference calls with your family, you know, and that's a big deal, man, because now they're a part of whatever experiences you're experiencing. Yeah, it's not the same as them being there, but let me tell you, it's a hell of a lot better than just a phone call or even worse, not a phone call, you know, and so those those things, I think, are really cool as far as the family aspect, because now you can be more in touch with family that's not just there. Yeah. You know, um, did you have any family that you kind of had distance relative? I think you. The, yeah, well, my I still remember my aunt and uncle when they're stationed out in Panama, and uh, we would um, send them like videotapes, <laughs> like you would actually record tapes and and send it to them in the mail. Right, so it was kind of like what they're doing now, but like it, a delayed response. Yeah, and uh, the, you. I remember that a lot. Well, they'd get stationed all over, but I remember the Panama because I remember when uh, the United States was going to um, invade mm-hmm. and take out Noriega. They got the orders like a week before that, and they shipped all. They you know they moved them out the base and they moved them uh, back to the U.S. and uh, they shipped out their items. Well, needless to say, that airplane, that their car and their furniture and everything. Did not make it to the U.S., so, so they were in New Orleans waiting at the bay, and then when they got the news that they lost everything, so that that's one of the the things I remember and uh, about during that time. But yeah, I mean the delay, and I was actually thinking it was funny is because can you imagine if they were doing a podcast when we were in the eighties and I. Um, no, I mean, back, that, back those, in my day, those were called radio. Shows. I was gonna, well, I was gonna, I was gonna say is the, when they were with on the, you know how you were saying like on the phone, it, it, they're all like, oh, look at how they're great like, this phone W-O-A-I, is. O A I, yeah, seventy five. They're all like, I can actually talk to the person, hear their voice. I don't have to write a letter, and you know the pin pals. Like, who does pin pals anymore? No, I don't know. I mean, I mean, I'm sure there are pin piles, but it's it's such a quicker process that it's like, hmm, okay, it's it's definitely not letters. I think they probably do emails nowadays. Um, but let's talk about participation trophies. Oh, oh man! You know, back in the day, I remember getting a ribbon for participating in stuff, and I know we're probably the first generation where they consider participation trophies. I don't know if the Gen Xers did. 
or the baby boomers did. I, I don't think they did because they say they 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 say they did, didn't. But I remember yeah. playing in a baseball league and getting a ribbon for just being in the baseball league. You know, um, it it didn't mean like as much to me because I knew who the champion was. You know what I mean? It was just like I didn't leave there with nothing. That's how I felt. You yeah. Know? Thank you for being part of the team. <laughs> <laughs> I remember that I was I was I was in football, basketball, and baseball, and we got those ones there. Uh, when we won, like when, like you said, when we actually won first place, it was like a thing because you right. actually earned it. You knew it. Yes, it, you knew it. Everybody it, knew who the the best team was. It wasn't like, oh, I got I got a ribbon, so I'm a champion too. It wasn't like that it was. At all. It was. It was just like you knew what it meant. The it ribbon was, went where the ribbon belongs. Yes, not in the trash because you you got a ribbon. But it didn't go where your trophies went. Yeah, and I always thought it was weird. Like nowadays, when I, I hear uh, that some some of the uh, youth sports that they don't keep scores, to me that's foreign. I was like, "What do you mean you don't keep scores?" Yeah. yeah, well, yeah. Then that, why that even play the game? I, I, I turned into my dad. Why even play the game if you're not going to have a winner? Then shoot. <laughs> so, <laughs> then you're yeah, just practicing. No, then. My son was in t-ball and they didn't keep the score. I mean, they keep the score, but it wasn't. It didn't mean anything. Chris, but, you know you kept the score no matter what. Well, here's the thing. I get why because. What they're trying to do is just teach the kids how to play, right? Uh-huh. There's no point to keep score because they're just learning how to play. If there's a kid that's like extremely better than everybody else, then he probably doesn't need to be a T-ball, you know? <laughs> um, and he probably needs to be in a competition where they're actually keeping the score. So it, it wasn't really that big a deal for them not to keep score in that regard. You know, uh-huh. When they're that young, it, it, it doesn't really bother me because it's like they're just trying to teach the kids, right? And if you discourage the kids by by them losing every game and whatever, mm. and it's like, okay, what's the purpose of that? The purpose is just for them to get out, right? Because nowadays, what's the biggest problem? No, we don't want to give them a participation, Chris. We want to keep <laughs> score. No, but that, no, I see what you mean. But that that's one of those things I, re- I remember that it, little kids when we were growing up. They kept score, right? But, yeah, but now, dude. but nowadays I mean, even, they don't. Even when we're playing on the streets, we're keeping score. Oh, you know, I that. gotta beat you, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, you know that, that, that's the big difference. But um, in all honesty, I think that there's way more as far as sports, like children playing sports. Yeah, yeah. There's way more opportunity for them to develop properly than there was when we were kids. Like you're talking yeah. about. You want to be an awesome quarterback? Well, here's all these cool quarterback camps you can go to, you know, and, and you can learn to be basketball, AAU, all these other, and I know there's a lot of hate yeah. on AAU, but you have a lot of opportunities to be able to improve your game that, that weren't really existed back in the day. Or if they yeah. were, they were very scarce and hard to get to, you know. So let's go ahead and talk about the future, right? We've already talked about back then. We've talked about now. Let's talk about, well, maybe what's going to happen in the future. So, uh, the next thing we're going to kind of talk about is the future, right? And, um, you know, where we're kind of kind of going as a society and, you know, how kids are going to be in the future. Well, first of all, environmental changes, right? 
that's definitely going to play a part because right now it's really it gets really hot in the summers, right? Which plays a part as to why kids probably don't want to go outside, what? and and that's probably only going to increase for now, for now, in the immediate future, anyway. Yeah, I mean, what what the kids don't like to play in 114 degrees heat. <laughs> no, no, nobody likes to die of heat stroke. I, I guarantee that. No, it's funny that you say that. When I was growing up, I, I'd walk to the pool, and that was like two miles away, and right. it didn't. I mean, it was hot, but not like the way it is now. No, not at all. Not I at mean, all. It's it's really hot nowadays, and um, that that's gonna play a part, you know, and. and you know, other things are going to play a part. You know, if, if the weather stays very extreme, that's going to encourage people to stay inside. It's going to make us continue to be sedentary. And so that's going to influence, you know, what we like, you know, what we need. And so that's going to influence companies and to produce certain things and influ- not influence us to do other things, right? So what I mean by that is maybe influence more indoor activities like video games are going to continue to blow up. TV, media, movies, those are things that are going to continue to blow up because they're all things that we can do inside. Sports, I think the major sports are going to continue to do fine, um, but some of these more obscure sports are probably going to start to die away because it's going to be very difficult for them to kind of live if their population is kind of decreasing and, and who's going to be watching at that point, right? So environmental changes are going to be a big thing. Another thing is an ever-changing social climate. You know, kids in the future are going to be, they're going to be around a lot more diversity. And not just race. We're talking about sexuality, personability, person, you know, people consider themselves all kind of things nowadays. And that's only going to grow in, in the future. And, and that's going to be a different kind of climate for kids to kind of grow up in. Yeah. And which I think is a good thing that I think them being exposed to more gives them a broader mindset. And I think when they get to our age, they'll look back and they'll say, hey, we've progressed from there. Because I really do believe that every generation likes to talk about the the future generations as like, we had it tougher, we're tougher yeah. than that way. Yeah. And, and you can go back from the beginning of time and every generation is going to say that. But the truth is, is every generation does get better, yes, get, get smarter, yep. get uh, more progressive. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think that's a great thing. And It should I, be a great yeah, thing. Like, yeah. That's what people have to understand. Like, if, if your generation was the best generation and every generation after that sucks, then that, that's a bad thing. That means we're going the exact well, wrong way. And you can't take the worst of the generation and measure that as a generalization. You know, you can't say, oh, man, the worst of that generation is what uh, all of them are. And so, therefore, they're all crappy. And you know what's funny? Whenever I hear that, I'm like, well, who raised them? That means you you did a crappy job raising in the, the, that, that generation. So, you failed it, yeah, hard. It falls on in older generations, yeah. right? Yeah. And, but the, and so, for me, I, 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 I'm like you. I take an optimistic approach. Yeah. I like to believe that the next generation is going to be better than my generation. Because that means that then we did our part, most of us, right? Now, I'm not delusional to believe that every single one of us did our part. You know, there are yeah. some of us that have messed up. But I feel like a large majority of each generation continues to grow and get better. Yeah. And that's what we should do as a society. No, I agree 100%. So now, Dom, let's go ahead and hit up your quick hits.
Dom. How about you tell us about the barrios around the world? All right. Well, hey, barrio bros, let's see, let's see what's going on in your neck of the woods and what's going on in your barrio. Well, in Windsor, Maine, a a man has won three point two million dollars, Pucho, using the same numbers that he has been using for thirty five years. Man, hey, hey, if you don't, <laughs> I guess thirty five, the thirty fifth char- times the charm, right? Yeah. Well, I was wondering if he won three point two million. And he'd been gambling for thirty for thirty five years. Did he spend like four million to win three point two million? Uh, I mean, <laughs> if you ask him today, he's not giving a damn. Yeah, <laughs> I wouldn't either. <laughs> well, also, hey, Barrio Bros, and this is a shout out to the NYC Barrio Bros. If you see a six one riding the NYC subway, the reason you'll see him is because he was sick and he got a ride to the actual uh to the vet where he it was later found that he had lead poisoning because of a lore but he's going to be released and he should be riding and cruising those subways sometime soon who was this again it was a swan an actual swan like an actual swan (laughs) i I, I thought i heard that but i wanted to make sure that's what i heard yeah no it was an actual swan so um you know you'll be seeing that and also for our barber bros in massachusetts a man went ahead and started using uh, small Christmas trees to actually fill potholes because they weren't doing anything about it. And needless to say, it worked because uh, after he did that, like a day or two later, they removed those little Christmas trees and actually filled the potholes. Oh, man. Smart move by him, man. All right. Well, that's pretty much what I got for this week. Uh, next week, we'll see what else is going in y- on in y'all's neighborhood. Badass. and In y'all barrio and... You know, I think it's, you know, time for us to cast that reel and see what we get from our Barrio Bros fishbowl. I mean, last week was rough. Are you kidding? Last week I looked up my family tree, two dogs were using it. <laughs> All right. Before I give us our next week's episode topic, I just want to give a shout out again to our Barrio Bro Clownfish. Thank you, Clownfish. Uh, for sending next week's topic, which is who is our favorite comedian? Awesome. That sounds like an awesome topic that I can't wait to dive into as I know both of us have a pretty extensive list when it comes to comedians. Um, Just want to send another reminder to everybody. We post episodes every Friday and just make sure to check us out on Spotify, Anchor, or whatever, wherever you listen to podcasts. So until then, I'm Pucho. I'm Dom. Make it so. A very good I'll be back when the day is new and I'll have more ideas for you and you'll have things you'll want to talk about I will too